Hi there, and welcome to Vox Talk, your weekly review from the world of voiceover. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. In today's show, you'll hear about Sean Mendes in Lyle Lyle Crocodile, the Miller Lite Super Bowl ad in the metaverse, and David Cicerelli, CEO of Voices, joins us to discuss audio recording studio tech from the Voices 2022 State of Voiceover Report. Have you read the 1965 children's book, Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile? Billboard reports that Sean Mendes is extending his talents to voice acting. On Thursday, February 10th, Deadline reported that the 23-year-old will voice Lyle Crocodile, the titular character of the beloved children's storybook, Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile, which is set to receive the movie treatment from Sony Pictures. The 1965 Bernard Weber book is about a crocodile named Lyle who lives a charmed life in New York City with the Prim family, assisting them with chores and being kind to their neighbor's children. Everything is fine until one day a neighbor insists that Lyle should be placed in a zoo. Mr. Grumps and his cat Loretta don't like crocodiles, and everything Lyle does to win them over seems to go wrong. It will take all of Lyle's charms and courage to reveal the hero and friend behind the crocodile smile. The synopsis reads, Javier Bardem, Constance Wu, and Winslow Fagley will also star alongside Mendes in the movie, which will be directed by Will Speck and Josh Gordon. Will Davies will helm the film adaptation. Did you catch the Super Bowl last weekend? If you were just watching Super Bowl ads on traditional media, you would have missed the Super Bowl ad run by Miller Lite exclusively in the metaverse. According to the New York Times, Miller Lite, which is blocked from the Super Bowl broadcast by the NFL's long-standing exclusivity deal with Anheuser-Busch, instead released its tongue-in-cheek game-time ad in the metaverse creating an interactive digital tavern serving up virtual pool, virtual beer, and realistic expectations. Ari Weiss, the global chief officer of DDB Worldwide, the agency behind the Meta Light Bar, said, We're not taking ourselves too seriously with this. The metaverse is not going to save the world, or at least, not yet. The commercial featured the voice talents of Joe Gaudet as our guide through Miller Lite's corner of the metaverse, highlighting past Super Bowl ads from the relatable farmer to Clydesdale horses and beyond. Another voice actor you might recognize in the commercial is Tim DeDabo as the voice of the horse. If you've not caught this ad, the video can be found on YouTube, which of course we've linked from the Vox Talk show notes for episode 108. Here's a taste of that video right now. And in a not-so-subtle attempt to get press, we'll launch this ad exclusively in the metaverse. Wait, where are we? Well, it's just like reality, but with worse graphics. Oh yeah, don't forget an iconic tagline. So last week I said that we would have a special guest, and indeed we do. In studio today, we have David Cicerelli, founder and CEO of Voices. He's here to share more about findings from the Voices 2022 State of VoiceOver report. Not only is David my Voices co-founder, he's also my husband. Welcome to the studio, David. Great to be here, Stephanie. You know I'm a fan of the show. Just like so many others that listen every week to get caught up on the industry news, I think you also serve as an inspiration to other podcasters out there looking to create their own shows. So thanks for doing this on behalf of the voice acting community. 
Of course. Well, thank you so much. So we've been hearing a lot about the state of voiceover report. And just last week, we were talking about the top 10 coaches that people thought were most trustworthy. And this week, I thought it would be really neat for us to talk about another fascinating aspect of what we've learned through the survey. And that would be what talent are doing in their home studios. All right, David. So now that we're here, well, most people listening to the show already have a home studio. For those who are new to the business, what kind of equipment do they need? Well, building a home studio can certainly feel like one of the more complex or certainly expensive aspects of launching a voice acting business. So often the question is, well, what gear should I purchase? What is the software I need to use? How do I even get ramped up in creating a good sounding space, soundproofing and so forth? But I would say if you could boil it down to these three things, of course, you want to have a great microphone. So we can talk about microphones and the brands, recording software And then the headphones, you're going to need some way to play back and listen carefully to your own voice, maybe picking up any nuances in your performance or maybe any artifacts that you actually might need to edit out. All right. So that's good. Good to know people need these very core basic elements. But everyone is always talking about the microphone. People tend to think the mic is the most important part of my studio is certainly going to make or break me. What are the top five most popular microphones that voice actors are using? I understand that that came up in the survey. Yeah, it did. I mean, let's first talk about the types of microphones before we get into the brands. The first one that was most popular as listed on the profiles of the voice talent are the condenser microphones. This was 41% of the talent listed on voices actually have a condenser microphone. These are the large diaphragm microphones that kind of pick up the most of your voice and have the richest quality, generally speaking. After a condenser microphone, it would be followed by USB. Most smartphones have a USB cable. This is the kind of microphone that plugs right into the back of your laptop or computer. Sometimes they can also plug into an audio interface, but you really don't need an audio interface with a USB microphone. That's why I think they're actually so popular. And relatively speaking as well, they're a little bit more economical, a little bit easier to afford as well too. It's great starter microphones that can actually sound pretty competitive with that USB microphone. And then rounding out, those would be a cardioid microphone, dynamic microphone, and then a ribbon microphone as well too. So those are kind of the types But you did mention brands, Stephanie. So the top three most popular brands of microphones are Blue, with 24% of the people on Voices.com actually having a Blue microphone. And they have a a number of models as well, too. But Blue is the top brand, followed by Rode and Audio-Technica. Now, you'll notice that the highest-end microphones aren't necessarily there. Maybe Neumann is a a name that kind of comes to mind. Those microphones probably start at $1,000. Well, I think it goes to show you can have a competitive sound without necessarily investing tens of thousands of dollars in the microphone. Arguably, it's probably better to invest in training and then even when it comes to your own home studio. Arguably, I'd say if you had that type of disposable income to invest, I'd actually probably first invest in having a quiet space, somewhere where it eliminates any background noises soundproofing your room or at least dampening the sound from exterior and unwanted noise. That's probably going to be the best way that you can invest in your studio up front and then refine and upgrade some of the equipment over time as well. Okay, so we know what kinds of microphones there are. And and then, of course, there are various brands within those kinds that you can get. I've always loved the condenser myself. But now let's move on to the recording software for voiceovers. So 
There are a wide variety of these. I know that there are many that I've come across. And, and certainly when we were writing voice acting for dummies, it came up as, oh, well, there's this software, there's that software. And, and just even looking at talent profiles at Voices, all the various options that are out there. So can you tell us maybe what people at Voices are using and what the most popular software programs are? Yeah, sure. So once again, just looking at the profiles on Voices.com, what people are listing in their home studio and equipment. The top software choice was Adobe Audition. It's a great tool. We're actually using it right now today to record the podcast here in the studio at Voices offices in London, Canada. So Adobe Audition is a great tool. And that actually comes part of the Adobe Creative Suite. You can buy it as either part of a package or as standalone software as a subscription. And I think Adobe Audition, at least at this point in time, starts at somewhere around $21 a month for a subscription to Adobe Audition. After that, there actually is a free software that's comparable called Audacity. This is an open source piece of software. About 26% of the people on Voices.com are using Audacity. I think if you're new to editing audio, this would be a great place to start. Using Audacity, you understand the basics. There's a lot of similarities between editing audio and editing in a text editor, kind of highlighting the words and editing out or replacing. Same idea in audio editing, you're highlighting the waveform and replacing it. So you can get these basic concepts down just by starting for free with Audacity. Then just rounding out again, this top five here, we see Pro Tools, which is also available on a subscription basis for $25 a month or $600 in kind of a flat fee. You can buy it all at once. And then Logic, which is actually owned by Apple, and also GarageBand, which is owned by Apple. Now, for those Mac users, GarageBand does come free, pre-installed on every Mac that's shipped. So if you see that guitar icon, you could give that a click and open that up and give it a try as well too. And our own Randy Rector actually just created a great video on YouTube about GarageBand and specifically getting set up and doing the first couple of sessions in there. We've actually used GarageBand to record this podcast a few times as well, too. So I think that goes to show that once your voice is recorded and it gets into the software, you're really talking about how comfortable you are editing, recording, maybe mixing, and maybe there's another track that you need to mix in, such as music or sound effects. Whatever you feel most comfortable with, a lot of the software operates in such a similar way. The sound isn't necessarily going to be different. It's really more about the quality that gets into the recording. And then you're just really manipulating and editing that audio in the software. Yeah, I've played around in GarageBand, certainly during pandemic times. I know that we did a number of these episodes remotely. Mm -hmm. And some of those were recorded actually using GarageBand in my home office slash studio. So thank you again, David, for helping me with that. <laughs> because as everyone here knows, I'm the creative one. I'm not the technical one. So now, as we talk, and we've got headphones on ourselves now, it's a nice segue as I'm thinking about this, but you've got your mic, you've got your audio recording software, but the headphones, they don't nearly get as much attention or discussion as they ought to. But considering how many talent are pictured wearing their headphones or have them, you know, at the ready, I think this is a really important piece of equipment that we need to discuss. So what can you tell us about voices, voice actors, and how they're using headphones in the studio? Well, first, we want to understand how voice actors are actually using headphones in the studio. 95% of people said that they wear the headphones while recording a voiceover and certainly during playback or editing. Only 5% of people actually only wear the headphones just during the editing. So it's probably one of those things where once you throw them on, they kind of stay on for the whole session. 
And again, probably a level of comfort with having your headphones on, hearing yourself being played back in real time, you kind of almost have this confidence that you know that it's being recorded correctly. Well, as much as everyone's interested in the brands that are most popular for headphones, I just wanted to maybe mention the different kinds as well too. There's over-the-ear headphones where your ear is kind of like nested inside the headphone cradle itself. Then there's on-the-ear, and it still looks almost like they're big headphones, but they're actually resting on your ear as opposed to encompassing it entirely. And some people actually even use just simple AirPods or some other iPhone headphones or some kind of earbuds almost. Those are an option, but I'd say if you're going to be listening for hours on end, you might want to invest in some over-the-ear headphones that have a nice long cable, that they feel like they're not pinching too much, that they feel comfortable on your ears. So getting to the brands then, Sony takes the top spot for most popular headphones, 13%. Also tied at that top spot would be Sennheiser at 13%, AKG headphones, Audio-Technica. But because there is so much variety in headphones and manufacturers, we had 58% was this other or miscellaneous. No kind of one brand tend to stand out. More than half of the community seems to use a brand other than those four I had mentioned previously. So people could probably wear, I don't know, Beats headphones or they could wear any number of other things. Sure, Beats would be great. Consumer grade headphones. There's a Beats Studio Edition as well too. So those come in both over the ear and on the ear headphones as well. So I think the takeaway here is find headphones that feel comfortable for you because you're probably going to be wearing them a lot in your home studio. Yes, absolutely. And hopefully you can go somewhere you can try them on first and maybe, I don't know, your local store, just go in there. But a lot of talent do this with microphones. They'll go and they'll test a few. They might even try them out and have a bit of a loner period. But you really do need to find the gear that works for you. I think that that's what I've seen across the board. You can say, oh, well, what mic should I get for my voice type? It's, well, it isn't necessarily about your voice type. It's what's working best for your voice and how you come across and what's comfortable. So as we continue on in our conversation here about voices, voice actors, and what they're doing in their studio, there's, of course, the big one here. It's just the budgeting piece. So What can you tell us here, David, about how to budget for the home recording studio? Well, from the survey this year, so fresh in 2022, we can glean that voice actors are actually keeping their equipment costs pretty low. Half of respondents shared that their gear cost them less than $1,000. And what would you be doing with that $1,000? Well, you probably are working with a computer you already have at home. Maybe that actually kind of outside of the gear probably might have cost you $1,000 or maybe a few if you're working with kind of a higher end machine. But for the equipment itself, as we discussed, the microphone, the headphones, if you have an audio interface, then that's probably going to be around $1,000. And more than 85% of people that responded said they had invested less than 10000 So the cost of setting up a home studio for the vast majority of people, less than $10,000, well, there's a few who have invested a significant sum, upwards of 100000 it's really almost become a hobby where they've accumulated gear and equipment over a lifetime. You've seen these pictures of studios with all kinds of guitars in the background, all kinds of microphones that they have. But the funny thing is when you talk to a lot of voice actors, they have their go-to microphone. It's the one that's trusted and reliable and it best captures their sound. And so despite having all this other equipment, they tend to rely on just a handful of pieces So that's just some expectation setting around 1,000, 10,000, somewhere in that range. But don't feel like you got to invest that all at once. 
it's really one of these things of kind of starting small. Think about the signal chain going from your mouth, the words coming out of your mouth into the microphone, probably through an audio interface in a quiet space. That's where you're going to get, as we call it, the best bang for your buck. Then playing back, listening back, having headphones. Some people have studio monitors like speakers that you can listen to when you take the headphones off. But that's when you're probably getting over that $10,000 where you've optimized the sound for those first couple pieces of equipment. Then you'd be thinking about other ways to improve the sound over time. Right. So I think people, if they're kind of afraid of some of the dollar figures they've heard, there's also getting gently used studio gear as well. Like some of your peers out there, they might be upgrading their studio or getting a new microphone, but their old one is working just right, but but they're just looking for something new. So I see a lot of this kind of activity on social media. Someone might say, I'm selling my microphone on Facebook, or they might have some other way of doing that. But you can definitely find gear that is really good, high quality gear. It's just that it needs to go to a new home. So don't forget that that's another option. I'm glad you brought that up, Stephanie. There's eBay in Canada, Kijiji, in terms of just classified ads, you can go on Craigslist. There are more structured or formalized sites and dedicated sites really just to this. Reverb is probably the best one that I'm aware of. And I believe Reverb was actually acquired by Etsy, another marketplace for handmade goods. And so they understand how these online marketplaces run for creative goods and also kind of tapped into this whole community of musicians and audio producers and also run the Reverb.com website. So you can check that out for gently used equipment, as you say. Wonderful. Well, David, I know we've talked a lot about the studio side here. I'm sure we'll have you back another time in future to run through some other topics. And while we're on that note, if you have any questions that you'd like to hear answered here on Vox Talk, then let me know because we're actually lining up guests to come on the show as well. So if there's anything that you've been wondering, oh, well, why is this that way? Or how do I do that? then please do send those questions to stephanie at voices.com and I will be sure to get back to you. And we really enjoy just sharing with our community here and and you're why we do this podcast. So thank you, David, for joining us here today on Vox Talk. I'm looking forward to having you back soon. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. All right. And that's the way we saw the world through the lens of voiceover this week. Thank you for joining us on the show. And if there's anything you'd like to hear about on Vox Talk, as I'd said before, you know where to send that email. You can send me an email to stephanieatvoices.com. We really love to hear from you. So if you're enjoying Vox Talk, give us a feedback rating and review on your favorite podcast service. And we want to make this show really amazing and your ideas help it to get better. So thank you again for tuning in. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli for Voices. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.